12-year-old butlers, the Gravestone Industrial Complex, one tea please, don't forget the brandy, and President Smiler? All this and more on the next episode of Galactic History 101. It's almost like like horrible enough that I love it, mm-hmm. but I hate it also. <laughs> We've probably already started based on how I cut these things anyway, so <laughs> uh, we'll hear me shit-talking the podcast intro and say, hey, I'm Mick from Atlanta, and let's go uh, order of my screen. I get to dictate such things. Molly, Matt, Kevin, Allen. Hey, I'm Molly. I'm a Pittsburgher and a 70s shoujo enthusiast. I'm Matt from California, and I can't think of anything to say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Kevin from Michigan, and I'm slowly working through The Witcher 3, still. I'm Alan from Jersey, and I'm still trying to figure out if I want to have a drink or not. And together, we're the sad boy gang gang. <laughs> um, here to re- regale you with tales of our favorite sad boy. Um, uh, shit, what's it? It's Yang Winley. Oh my god. I'm like, does the Winley first? It's Yang Winley. You know, he's, he's so sad and we love him for it. And we get a whole episode of him. It's fantastic. Oh, yes, we do. It oh, is, yeah. This is. Full sad boy. I mentioned this at the end of the last episode, but I love this first episode that we watched here, uh, which was episode three of the show Formation of the 13th Fleet, uh, which. Uh, if I actually read all the shit I transcribed here, is going to take us quite a bit to get through. Um, and, yeah. So we're going to use the chat to chime in here. Hopefully it will flow smoother this time for our zero listeners. My friend listened to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know we're published. That's a good friend. Yeah. Yeah, I played it for her, and she was like, I don't know anything about this anime, but you sound good. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's what we want, you know, to sound good. I'm opening Discord so I can pull up the screenshots that Matt provided for us of everyone's name yeah, thank and you. pictures. Again. No problem. Yes. Yeah. Now, Crazy some of... Back. Clutch. Yes, it is very clutch. Um, some of these names are a little different, mace, or mainly the strategical planning headquarters, which is kind of the first building we get a close up of here. Um, I think it was called this strategic, uh, it wasn't planning headquarters. It was something else, but I've forgotten it because I changed it when I saw this and, uh, you know, whatever, uh, just bringing up the strategical planning headquarters is an awkward ass name. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind There's of a lot it. of awkward names in this episode, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like uh well I guess we open here, the narrator 
brings us in on uh Polis. Highness and Polis? Sure. Highness and Polis. Oh there. Apolis, yeah, I, w- I want to say that. Hi- right. Highness Anopolis, Highness Anopolis, Highness Antopia, uh, Heineken Land. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We open on Heineken Land, uh, where there's a really tall building. It's quite tall, and it kind of like expands at the base to like twenty times the width at the top, something like that. Maybe it's less than that. Maybe it's like ten times the width, but very wide at the bottom, very skinny at the top. Kind of is like a plus, a silver plus around a circle or a gold circle. It's kind of the feel I get. We actually can't see the back of it, so it might just be two triangles in a circle. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm unsure if they were going for a plus or not, um, but it's a strange building. Um, and uh, the narrator explains to us that they're about to hold a memorial service at the strategical planning headquarters, which I'm a little confused as to why the memorial service would be at the strategical planning headquarters. I don't think memorials are very strategic. Um, Is this like the <laughs> Pentagon oh. or something? I have to have it here because it has the biggest auditorium I have ever seen in anything. Yes, Yes, it does. Yeah, It's like the cover of every science fiction novel from like 1965 to maybe 1992. Yes. That architectural style. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. It is, it is, uh, it is the, uh, it is, the covers to the foundation novels. It is the uh, that that style of like seventies uh, uh, retro futurism, I guess, is kind of what this building is. However, other than the building itself, it just looks like you know Earth. Yeah. So <laughs> um, apparently, this is also like a hundred kilometers away from Hynesinopolis, which I'm unsure if Hynesinopolis is the city name or the planet name. Um, the planet is Heineson. They said that in okay. one of the last, first two episodes. Okay, okay. So the planet's Heineson. The capital city of the planet and of this empire of planets is Heinesinopolis. Uh And then 100 kilometers from Heinesinopolis is the strategic planning headquarters, which is a really tall version of the Pentagon, um, as we have previously established and it's much wider at the bottom due to this enormous auditorium that is larger than anyone could ever possibly build. It seems like you would have to have some columns in the middle to support that thing. It would not hold itself up. Um, so the narrator starts us off there and then we jump to Yang's domestic life where a young boy is yelling at him to wake up and go to the memorial because he's the one being uh, dealt with. They do not name the cat, sadly, but there is an enormous cat, just like the biggest cat ever here. Uh, It's a really cute cat. It has like a beard. So... The, literally the first thing I wrote here is <laughs> he, Yang is so sad, always. <laughs> like, always sad. Like, if you look at him, 
easily yeah. about to cry lying on the couch. Even the screenshot with his name when he's asleep, <laughs> he's sad when he's asleep. <laughs> There's no happiness in Yang's life. He's constantly thinking about uh, deaths of people. And how he's not with Reinhardt. Yes, uh-huh. yes. But did you guys notice how big that trailer he was in? Like, from a distance, it just zooms in, and it looks like a trailer park. And then you go yes. inside, and it's the size of, like, a penthouse suite. <laughs> and he's taking a nap on the couch, and then he's woken up by what I first assumed to be was his butler, because it's such a nice house. And then it's just like a 12-year-old boy. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was yeah, very thrown off. Yeah. yeah. I literally wrote here, Yang's house looks like a double wide or something, but the inside is enormous. <laughs> I mean, that's a nicer kitchen than I have, and I'm mad about it, to be honest. Um, we get the the young boy's name is Julian Mincy. Mincy, I'd assume? Sure. Uh, Julian Mincy. M-I-N-C-I. Uh, he minces uh, in Latin plural. Um, and again, he is, he is nagging, he's nagging Yang to get up off the couch and stop being a lazy fucking bum. You can see Yang's single wound from the battle. He has a bandaid under his hair. It's the only, the only thing wrong with him. Um, Julian is making Yang tea because, uh, I guess he needs some tea, uh, to wake up. And, uh, uh, and mentions that Yang's the one being honored here, and so he should get up and go to it. And Yang has a slap back with, the stars of the memorial service are normally fallen soldiers, not us survivors. Which is just so emo, sad boy Yang here. Uh, he's like, I, I, I shouldn't be honored. I'm not one of the dead. Uh, but then, you know, we get a, we get a ominous, but... You know, neither neither myself nor the dead people are the stars here. It's trunked. Tr- Trunit? No, 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 you can call him Trunit. Trump. Job. Tr- trunked Job. is trunked is pretty. Trunit? How do you say, say it? Yeah, it's it's trunicked. Trunicked. Trunicks. Okay. Well, the so I'm again, him Job. We we can call him Job as well. We can call him whatever we want. Um, but the. The, this is where we get into translation differences. I think the mm. fan sub uses a different romanization of his name. The VRV one is T-R-U-N-I-C-H-T, um, which is where I get Trunicked. But, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, he's the chairman of the defense committee. Uh, Yang calls him His Excellency Trunicked, which is, or at least that translation did. Uh, it's probably some vague higher up thing in Japanese and then and uh, I think they okay pause because it's me I guess the show is has amusing cuts sometimes it's very like Yang's just hating on Trunicked and then we cut hard to Trunicked who's like where the fuck is Yang <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, like I, that just made me laugh it's just really like <laughs> Okay, here we are. <laughs> and they're like, oh, he, he got injured. He's like, really? Injured? Fine. Whatever. Yeah. And I, I like that it, it cut to the first shot we see of him with his little title card. He's looking in the mirror and, like, straightening his tie or something. Mm-hmm. And it kind of 
what takes up where Yang left off of this is about this guy, not about the dead, and he's there making sure he looks pretty for his moment. Yeah, very much so. He is, uh, I think starting him off looking in the mirror and complaining is kind of a pretty good, <laughs> uh, pretty good intro here to this guy. Uh, the Secretary of Defense, Job Trunick. Um, and uh, there's two dudes standing here. The, the Fleet Admiral, Sidney, and another translation here. It's Sitolet, Sitolet I guess, uh, in the fan sub. And the VRV one said Sithole. <laughs> Which I I like I like it better yeah. than Sithole. Sithole is just as like wait what? Yeah, that, that one sounds more German though. I think this is I think it's supposed to be French, okay. especially based on Sydney. You could, maybe. No, I mean the Sitolet with the Sitole. A. Yeah, Sitole. Sitole, and then I like Sitole. And the other one could be well. well I guess that Sithole would be Sitole as well, right? Yeah. Okay, I just I just wrote it like it said. You know, it's really hard to like translate the Japanese into a particular accent, right. <laughs> um, as we know with Kiriki Ice over here, um, our our boy from the other side. But uh, anyway, so Trunks Trunicked Job Job is here asking. Uh, Sidele, like, where the fuck is Yang? And and Sidele is like, hey, he's recovering from his wounds, you know. Sidele is also the only black dude in the show, um, or at least so far. Um, but he's a badass. I like him a lot. Uh, he's wearing his white admiral getup, um, and then next to him is the rear admiral, Alex uh, Kazern. Yeah, Kazern. Kazern is what the mm. VRV sub. Sorry to keep getting into this shit, but uh, it's hard. Okay, it's hard out here on these streets. Um, you know what? So, I just realized I can check the. Uh, I can check to see what Crunchyroll uses for uh, for this as well, which is going to probably be similar to that. I think it's different. Though. It's not on Crunchy. It's on uh, High Dive. Ah, uh, but you see, sir. Dinutezi is on Crunchy. Ah, that's true. Dinutezi. I forgot. Once again, the horrors of German and Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reading the fans of the like gazelle new. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it says yeah, again gazelle new. Again, that's like pure romanization there, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, they said Kazern. Uh, that one, and so anyway, they leave Alex. after the Alex. Yes, old, old boy, Rear Admiral Alex <laughs> is that's, here. That's a good one. Uh, Alex is there with Sydney, uh, and they're uh, getting yelled at by Trunix, and then they leave. Uh, and Trunix's aide appears, who's like not a major character, does not get a name card, but he's also very like almost worm tonguey <laughs> in what he does here because. Uh, Trunick's like, hey, you know, I didn't hear that Yang was injured. And the aide's like, well, the rumors are that he wasn't injured at all. And he's just doing it to fuck with you, sir. (laughs) 
And <laughs> um, Trunic takes that to heart. And we get into a lot of Trunic stuff here. Um, I don't even know how to get here. Man, there's so much. Anyway, Sidile uh, uh, knows that... Uh, that Yang's faking it. He tells uh, Rear Admiral Alex to call Yang and tell him to get his ass over here um, because there's politics to follow, basically. Um, and then we cut back to Yang answering on the phone call from from old boy Alex. Uh, and he's like, dude, you gotta show up. And Yang's like, wait, they're calling me the hero of Astarte? Why are they doing that? Uh <laughs> And Alex is like, dude, you don't watch the fucking news. It's fucking, it's all over the news, dude. You are the hero of a star day. And he's like, damn it. All those people died. Why am I the hero? Which is a recurring theme throughout this episode of Yang not wanting to accept his status. Um, could be said that's what this episode's about. Well, I mean, is he really a hero? Like, they lost pretty badly. Like, I wouldn't glorify anyone as a hero in that battle. Like, he's a survivor, but... I, yeah. He has a point for not being want, wanting to celebrate. We barely got oh. away. Yeah, I agree with him. But, you know, it's also like... Yeah. There's some points in this episode. I think somebody says... Uh, uh, the people need a hero to distract them from the fact that 1.5 million fucking people died, which like fair, fair. I really got to say fair. Uh, also an interesting note, strange to me that this memorial is happening after gravestones were made for every, for the 1.5 million people that died. Like, <laughs> I guess they, they, you know, the, the, uh, well, oh, after well, they don't bear years, anything, right? Oh, sorry. After 150 years of fighting, you can kind of right. expected losses. You're like, we'll probably lose a million people in this <laughs> battle. Let's get prepped for that. Imagine yeah, how big the... Uh... They don't bear anything, so they probably just have the tombstones already there. As soon as you die, chisel in the name. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe they just have a planet dedicated to tombstone manufacturing, and they can just churn them out, ship them over. <laughs> probably quicker than getting everybody organized for that funeral. Right. True. Yeah. True enough. The industrial uh, graveyard machine here is, is churning out these these gravestones. <laughs> Does that count as part of the military industrial complex? I think so. Yes. 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 That's great. They're just propping up more industries now. Uh, yeah. Um, which does come up here after Yang hangs up on Alex. Uh, yep, yep. Um, before, uh, wait, did you already go Molly? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, before, before they get into this conversation that gives a little bit of flavor to more military industrial complex, we find out that, uh, Yang takes his tea with Brandy uh, all the time. As soon as he wakes up, it's time for tea and Brandy, which considering what he's about to watch is fair. It's very fair. Um, so Julian is starts talking about how he wants to become a soldier, which Yang is very much against. He does not like soldiers. He does not like being a soldier. He hates the military industrial complex. Uh, he's a fairly good man overall. 
are are and very sad. Uh, I think that's really why he hates soldiers because they always die. Uh, <laughs> and you also find out that Julian's dad is dead, uh, and that's why Julian is here in Yang's care. Um, but apparently the military pays for the upbringing of orphans, which very fucking interesting factoid to me. Uh, and then if he doesn't serve in the military, he has to pay back the money that they paid for him to be raised, which is just like, whew, that's, that's something. We also find out that Yang must be in some sort of money because he's like, hey, I could pay off your schooling for you and you wouldn't have to go in the military. So, must have yeah. some cash reserves. Right. <laughs> Those Commodore bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, that basically guarantees them an endless supply of soldiers. Like, your dad right? dies, we take care of you. Oh, whoops, you gotta be a soldier now. Uh, maybe you have kids along the way, we'll pay for them when you die too. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there were something like 20 planets in each one. 20, 20 populated systems or something based on that map from the first episode. Um, that's a lot of it's a lot of farm planets there for these orphans. <laughs> so one of the things that I noticed here, actually, in addition to you know the next level military industrial prison all that nonsense complex. Uh, yeah, so well, there's a line here that I wrote down. Uh, kids grow by exploiting adults. Yes, I actually found I that. that. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Like, I yeah. thought that was one of the most interesting things. Because, honestly, at the same time, like, it's so true. I mean, when you're a kid, that's literally all you're doing. Uh, that's as, a very, like, Yang-style clap back there <laughs> of, like... Listen, listen, Julian, you're only fucking here by exploiting me, so (laughs) how about you go put some fucking brandy in my tea, and let's chill back and watch this shit on TV, because you know I'm not going. Well, no, not even that. I mean, as the only person here with an actual, you know, small human I am supposedly in charge of, uh, that kid is very exploitative and manipulative. <laughs> Very true. Very true. There's it's, also a oh, you, you first. Oh no no you're you're the dad. So I was gonna say, but I was gonna say like there's <laughs> didn't they find out that basically children and other species young are basically evolutionary uh, evolutionarily like evolved to have really appealing like big eyes that kind of have broad spectrum appeal even cross species so you've got your cute little baby and they just look at you and you'll do whatever you want for them or a puppy or a kitten or whatever yep yep i think they did say that that was especially with puppies it was like a trait that got evolved into because it's like oh you keep the cuter puppies right and then etc so on yeah uh there's a uh Julian, after Yang says that he'll pay back, Julian's like, do you really hate soldiers that much? Which I thought was like an interesting, like, the fa- the the idea of him hating soldiers is something that I don't think we've 
we've oh geez we've uh we've hit to this point um hating the military industrial complex yes but hating soldiers themselves very interesting and again this may have been translation stuff but go ahead alan so i think that might have been a translation thing because you know if during this conversation that yang has it's not like he said i mean if he hated something he'd be trying to kill them he doesn't do anything again he says he doesn't want to be a soldier or do soldier things doesn't you know doesn't necessarily even say that he wants to you know do the soldier thing himself like it's it seems like it's more the job that he hates than the actual people yes i think that yang is depressed he's a soldier put two and two together he hates himself. <laughs> well, yeah. That's why he's so he's sad. sad. He's so sad. Um, I mean, also in an ultra patriotic, ultra nationalist society, any kind of even minor criticism is seen as you must hate this thing. So, I mean, he didn't really say anything that crazy, but maybe it's natural that Julian then interprets it as hating it. Yeah, very true. I, I actually had a, an ultra nationalist situation happen at work the other day. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, so I was saying, I don't remember how we got onto this topic, but I said something about how it'd be nice if we didn't have such a giant bloated uh, military budget, which got the token white coworker to go off. We don't want to talk about the military. You don't want to talk about the military with me. And I was like, no, no, really, no. I mean, you know, they released that giant report a year or two ago about how they've been literally getting, you know, more than billions and billions of dollars stolen from them. Just straight up stolen because of bad practices. And she was like, you don't want to have, you don't want to have this conversation with me. Don't. No. We don't want to have this conversation. We can't have this conversation. No. As if any kind of, because any kind of criticism of the military is apparently, uh, you know. Right, you hate the troops, Alan. (laughs) Funny that you mentioned hating the troops. (laughs) Because the reason why I got this big old uh, this big old piggyback in post I want to talk about is uh, on Wednesday I actually went out to a uh, seminar that was technically a nutrition seminar and ostensibly it was, but uh, there were the first half was a soldier talking about uh, essentially suicide prevention, mental health awareness, that kind of thing. And that stuff actually moved me almost to tears. That man almost that man moved himself to tears. Like, you know, I it really rededicated the fact that I am one thousand percent anti-war, not anti-soldier the person, but also right, but anti-soldier right. the job. Like, you know, he said he, one of the things he said was that two of his kids are serving as well. His parent, his fa- parents served. I was like, oh man, God. I need to do something about this. Like, this is a good-ass dude. I need to do something about this so that we're not, you know... Like, he was talking about how he was mentally broken. He literally said, my brain has been... My brain is literally... My brain is broken ever since I came back. And even while I was over there. I don't want to, you know, have to do this. But I gotta keep surviving. I all, I have the right. gun in my mouth, but I need to... I figured out how to survive. So... I really empathize with uh with the, my sad boy here because well it's also something that makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. totally. Because supporting hey. the troops is uh 
is less fun than it seems. Right. A lot of this episode hits pretty close to home for the reasons you're saying and for other reasons in here. But there's a lot of Yang wanting this to all be over and kind of instead of being able to leave embracing the fact that he's stuck. But yeah. And Molly, did you have something as well? Uh, no. Okay. Um, yeah. So we get a, we get a fun fade here as Yang turns on the TV and then we're teleported into the world of this very shitty ceremony and the biggest auditorium that's ever existed filled with, I mean, okay. If 1.5 million people died and let's say, you know, 90% showed up, right. Mm -hmm. But each of those people left behind an average of 1.5 people. You know, we probably got like, you know, based on all this math together, if I knew that wrestling quote about math, I would quote it here. Um, based on all of this math together, I think we've got about 2.5 million people here. That's just a, you know, rough estimate. I didn't actually count the number of people per row, which I could have done. I could have done. They show you enough detail that you could figure out how many people are in each row. So you've got about 35 people per row. Okay. The only problem is that okay. you can't see the end. Yeah, and you don't know how many columns there are. You don't know how many rows there are. <laughs> but there's at least like six columns here and at least 150 rows. Probably more. Um, you got a big-ass TV, too. Really, it's... I mean, the TV is just... I know y'all don't live in Georgia. We recently got a new uh, football stadium, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It was built, uh, I don't know, three years ago or something like that. And they have a they have a TV that's like a big oval at the top, right? And if you unfurled it, it's literally taller than the building. That's all that I could think of when I looked at this fucking TV because it's the width of this enormous auditorium. And yeah, anyway, very large TV. Um, and again, uh, to the to the enormity of this room, I feel like it had to have been made for this purpose. I feel like there is no reason for this many people to get together in the same place to listen to a lecture unless it is about mourning the number of deaths that happen on presumably a at least decade basis uh right in this 150 year long war or maybe an initiation meeting for new troops like you're right yes because there's yeah yeah because wow wow just turn in that machine over here Mm yeah and then this speech, oh my god! Like, yeah, I couldn't yeah. handle it. Um, Sexy, uh, yeah. Yeah. But well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I have the VRV translation here, which I will read. I will. I don't think I can do a good Trunic Trunic voice, Job voice. Um, but uh, it is so propaganda y. Uh, and I will stop when 
I'm gonna I, I put Yang's comments in here too because they're great. And I'll I'm gonna pause after the the first uh cheer, let's say. Oh, I'm not looking at the bottom of Discord here. Okay, yes. Oh yes, I, I did mean to mention that actually. The the number of people they show like a couple of random shots throughout here and all these people mourning. Everyone's wearing black. Every, every guy is wearing the exact same suit <laughs> with a black tie, uh, which I I found amusing. But again, there's the scale of people in this room makes sense that they would not bother designing these dudes <laughs> to be that different. Okay, so. Now that's um, inside that building, the strategic... Oh, you can see the columns here. Yes, yes. This is like one of the arms, I think, of the strategic planning headquarters. So an entire arm just for auditorium? That's... <laughs> and I mean, maybe there's an auditorium per arm, too, you know? Who knows? It's, like it's a quite... football stadium filled with rows of seats. Uh-huh. If not even bigger than a football stadium, no, right? Yeah. The, people look, the people look tiny in yeah. the shot. <laughs> Okay, so the uh, I don't have the very beginning of the speech, uh, but everyone's mourning and they're all sad. Um, and then where I started was, why did 1.5 million soldiers have to die? And then we cut to Yang, and Yang says, because the brass blew up bad, drew up bad operational plans, obviously. <laughs> Which is like, okay, thanks, Yang. Fucking, uh, what is that called? The... Peanut gallery. Peanut gallery over here. Um, <laughs> they give up their lives to protect the homeland and freedom. Can there be a more noble death? My friends, we here must keep that in mind. Our homeland and freedom must be protected, even at the price of our lives. We get a big shot of the giant monitor um, here as well. Like the, the shot changes of Trinic delivering the speech are just... Ooh, they're so good. Uh, this great homeland, this free land, friends, do not fear death. We shall fight on. He's raising his hands on the giant screen right now, too. It's 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 a lot. Um, uh, for the sake of our free homeland, fight on. Fight on for our nation. Long live the Alliance. Long live the Republic. Down with the Empire. And as he says that, the crowd, yeah, Zion, the, the crowd starts cheering as well. Um, which, yeah, these this these dudes here are just fucks. It's interesting that the women do not raise their fists here. It is only the guys raising their raising their fists. Um, okay, so I'm gonna pause here for this speech. Let us talk about it. Unless so, you want me to keep going, Alan. Um, no, I mean, no, I feel like between between the speech and between Jessica are actually pretty good points. Yeah. Because Jessica's... <sighs> Jessica. Yeah, yeah. Jessica's good. So when you were... Uh, so the only thing I want... So what I want to bring up is that, you know, people tend to... People tend to have a good, a good chance of dying when you have really incompetent leadership. I mean... Literally. Mm-hmm. This is really hitting close to home, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whole episode was, yeah. Well, no, I mean like uh I I don't know if I've I don't know if I told you, but I actually have lost some friends to this whole uh COVID nineteen. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh so literally this is some of this shit that could have been prevented. Like those were one hundred percent preventable deaths, both of them. 
so the fact that you know Yang said that when people let me see if I can find the exact uh, I forget what the exact quote he, he said was, but basically when the leadership uh, when leadership sucks, people die. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. That part actually literally was like I'm dying emotionally. <laughs> right. Right. And also, uh, one of the things I noticed is that uh, True Trunic's not really in any kind of military uniform. He doesn't have like any kind of military display. He's talking about a lot about fighting for freedom for someone that's not actually done anything. This I wrote this down before the next before the rest of this. I literally <laughs> yeah, I was gonna so <laughs> to be to be clear, I have timestamps on everything that I've written. So for seven minutes twenty seconds, Trudick talks all about freedom fighting for a civilian. Uh, and one of the things that and that's really like, huh? Maybe I can read the future ten seconds into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but also one of the things I liked is that uh, he basically said at the end of it he was like, "You're either with the you're either with all my jingoism or get out." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love it or leave it. Yeah. No, yeah, the the next part of this is more fucked right as Jessica starts uh talking or right before she starts talking. Yeah, just oof. And Kevin, what were you gonna say? Um, when you gave your speech you said homeland. For my translation it was motherland, which was even more mm. propaganda y. I had that one too. Mm. Yeah. I think all four of y'all are watching that one, and I'm the only one watching this other one. <laughs> but I really like this other one, is why I keep going with it. Interesting thing from the screenshots you're posting, Matt, uh, the the colors here are red, white, and blue of the Free Planets Alliance. And the logo here is a pentagon that has, like, two-fifths of the pentagon uh, cut off. Uh, and it's, like, a slightly different shade there. I'm not sure what that's about particularly uh but it comes up again later is part of why i wanted to mention it here um we also and wait anything else before i move on here or are we okay uh well i guess i did just want to say something alan was talking about um job's basically wearing civilian clothes not actually fighting in the war everything and that does tie into jessica but i mean that was also very very common in basically every major war we've seen so far in this country and i mean even in world war ii the higher ups don't actually fight in it if you're rich you can usually basically pay your way to get out of it and then if you're in a leadership role you're definitely not going to be doing the fighting you're just going to send other people to die i think that's just the unchanging thing in war in general because you basically have to trick other people to fight for you right yeah and i think there's a you know there's a reason this show hits close to home and i think that's because uh that was very much the thing that they were writing about trying to avoid right (laughs) like like this is very much meant to be political commentary on the current age, even though it was written or, you know, on the age of the eighties. Right. Mm -hmm. It was, it was viewing this like far right wing things coming to power. It was viewing, uh, these basically fascist regimes, uh, fucking up. And I mean, 
not to invoke the spirit of Ken Burns again, but I mean, even in the Civil War, you could just pay a fee and then you'd be exempt from it. You could just watch with your fancy family, take a picnic on the battlefield, and just basically benefit from the deaths of everybody else. Yeah. The next episode gets into the same concept as well, too. Uh, both of these these episodes are parallel in an uh, interesting way. But yeah. go ahead, Matt. Oh, I just... When you were talking about the speech and the raising of the hands, it reminded me that we didn't mention the very first shot in this episode is a statue of someone holding their hands up in a similar way. Yes, uh, Kind of invoking that's true. that Jesus statue. Mm-hmm. In Brazil, or the Rio one, yeah. whatever. Uh, what did you make of that? Was that a political figure? Was that the guy? You know, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was unsure if that was Joe or not. It's it's interesting. So the Free Plants Alliance, I believe, is the one with the longer calendar, um, which implies that the other one broke off, right? I guess they could have adopted an older calendar though too, you know, like, is this someone who freed them from the Germans? Mm. Right. Yeah. Or, or is it the other way where the German guy freed them from the free planets Alliance? I'm not sure at this Mm. point. They, Um, they kind of mention it in the, um, the empire speech. Uh, I, I don't have my original notes, but they were saying something like the, colonies that got away or something like that and it, right. it sounded like the free planets left or had a revolution yeah they definitely call the empire calls the free planets alliance the rebels yes what so again yes there's there's there is that implication but yes uh, that picture is very uh very juicy <laughs> yes there oh i i think i wrote Actually, I didn't say this, but I wrote, uh, he's praising the sun. It's very, <laughs> it's that move. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't know if it's a religious figure. Don't know if it's a political figure. Don't know if it's Trunicht even, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like Trunicht is feeling, is filling the role of the president here. And yeah, yeah I, well, I didn't mean to say our president currently, but uh, that too, but really just the the role of the president of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, is kind of what he's doing. And, you know, the president of the U.S. doesn't wear military fatigues either, right? right. Like, the I even mean, the w defense did. secretary, the what? W did. Well, true. <laughs> but, you know, not, not in every speech, right? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I think, um, I, think he's try- I think he's trying to give off the appearance of being a citizen and being like he he basically just feels like a western politician he's got those like his eyes are so untrustworthy but mm-hmm. everything is so calculated to be trustworthy and photo op ready and just, i don't know smiler. ready to yes he's the smiler that's right mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah he's he's totally the smiler See, I didn't even get that attempt to be trustworthy. I'm like, I'm getting major Putin vibes <laughs> off this guy. Like, he's just... Yeah. For sure. It, it feels like he's 10 years <laughs> past needing to <laughs> look trustworthy because he's already fooled everyone into buying his fucking bullshit. Because this entire... No one in this entire room except Jessica gives half of a shit about the, the things that he is saying, which... 
has already been pretty bad, right? Mm-hmm. But the next part of this speech, which I'll get into now, is almost worse. Uh, well, first we get Peanut Gallery Yang over here saying, in any age, there have to be instigators, which is like, um, I don't think this was purposeful. Uh, it's just Japanese, but he says Jidai, which is like age. Uh, that's, that is in the, like, uh, the intro thing, the like, in every age, in every, uh, in every age, in every place, the deeds of men yeah. remain the same. Right. Exactly. That, that thing. Um, and that's what I thought of when he said that. And it's like, yeah, in every age, in every place, there's fucking instigator assholes here. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, so, you know, we've, they've been chanting this whole time for the last 30 minutes we've been talking or however long since I've paused the speech. Um, so Trunk, uh, Trunic raises his hand and they all uh, get quiet and he continues our weapon is the unified will of our citizens. This is a free nation. And we start getting shots of Jessica walking up the aisle at this point. Besides having a democratic Republican constitution, you were all free to oppose national policy. Then we get the fact that it's Jessica. We just saw her heels before. Um, however, if you citizens are people of good sense, you must know true freedom is when we march together towards a common goal. True freedom is to stand with the nation, my friends. And then he stops because Jessica has reached the podium. Uh, I feel like we should pause here again because that fucking is wild. <laughs> Just a wild speech there to say true freedom is following the will of the nation. <laughs> Which is his will, presumably. Like, oh my god. Just. I have a line here. I didn't know who said it, but the human race doesn't know what shame is. That was Yang. Yeah, that was Yang. Yeah, yeah, this speech is just so. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that we were seeing Jessica again. I didn't really expect it, I thought she was just gone after the last episode or story done, but I was really excited to see her. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, she's she's real good here. Um, so she starts with, Mr. Chairman, my name is Jessica Edwards. I am the fiancé of Staff Officer Jean Ro- John... Jean? John. Je- John Robert Lapp, Jean Robert. the 6th Fleet, who died in battle at the Astarte Encounter. Um, we also get the first shots of like the admiral sitting on the side. They're all in their white garb. There's like four dudes we hadn't seen before. Uh, did they get names? Not yet. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, so we just get like a pan of all these admirals. Um, um, and then Jessica stops herself and she says, no, I was his fiance because he's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Trunic is kind of like, oh, whoa, what's going on here? People don't usually interrupt my speeches. Um, she comes back and she says, you don't need to console me because you say that my fiance died nobly in defense of his homeland. And Trunic's like, oh, you're a model for the women and children who remain behind <laughs> from all the fucking dead people. You're the best. And and this is when Yang says his uh, some people need to learn shame basically, uh, um, and then Jessica says I only came to ask you one question, Mister Chairman. Where were you? 
My fiancé went to the battlefield in order to protect the homeland, and now he's no longer in this world. Mr. Chairman, where were you? Where are you... Uh, where are you now as you praise the fallen? Where is your family? I sacrifice my fiance. You who, uh, this was an interesting translation too, you who extols the necessity of a citizen's sacrifices. Where is your family? Your speeches advocate sacrifice, but do you practice what you preach? And then, uh, Trinic calls for guards to get her out because she's, she's hysterical. Grief has driven her mad, <laughs> etc. But this was a very, uh, Strong hit here, I think, of Jessica just calling him the fuck out, saying, like, hey, you have bought your way out of this war, essentially, you fuck, by having power. Um, I hate you. Go die, please. Thanks. <laughs> Maybe you would understand the pain of war if anyone close to you within three degrees actually had to deal with it. <laughs> Which, like, yep, that that hits pretty close to home, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so Yang, Yang noticed her on the TV as soon as she got to the front. And he's like, oh, shit, we got to go. We got to go. Tells Julian to get the car ready. But then the phone rings. It's old boy Dusty Attenborough. He's back. He's he's ready to party. He's like, dude, we got to get out there. We got to go rescue Jessica. She's about to get fucked up by the Patriotic Night Corps. I think that's it. Yeah. That was it, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Patriotic, the Patriotic Night Corps, the PKC, uh, who he then lure dumps on us is the uh, super nationalist group or something. Shadow Army, the Secretary of Defense. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The secret police. Yep. Yep. Yes. A, a group of radical nationalists who are Trunick's shadow army. Uh, I, I said they're basically the Proud Boys or the Boogaloo Boys, which... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the KKK. I actually yes. I actually wrote down the clan. Especially yeah. because... They are, yeah. they are the clan. It's they like are that's the, what the night is going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. Um, Especially once you actually see them, too. Oh, right. yeah. Yes. They're like yes. the masks and that it's like KKK mm-hmm. crossed with like Mad Max or something. <laughs> yep. uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it made me uh-huh. think of the guys using the Punisher logo. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. hockey masks. Because yeah. it's it's like hockey masks that look like skulls, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Skulls with mustaches, weirdly, <laughs> but right. um yeah. but it's still it's still there. Right. Um very skull esque in nature. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so so Dusty says he's going to come by and grab Yang on the way to go save Jessica. Uh, so we get uh, we get Jessica being pulled out of the room, and then Trunic uh, continues his speech. Very, there's only like three more sentences of his speech. Uh, he says, however, we citizens of the Free Planets Alliance must not be defeated by grief. We must not give in to madness. Freedom shall lead to victory. And then he's... Tells them to play the national anthem. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> which is is fucking wild. There's this big ass band on the stage, and then like as the band starts to play, like a row of soldiers rise up behind Trunix. That I don't know if they were sitting there or if like there's a stage, like a stage thing that just rises out of the floor or something. At first, I thought it was like the 
like rocket style basically <laughs> and they're about to start doing a USO dance or some shit at this memorial service <laughs> but uh yeah i uh in my translation i don't know he says we must commit ourselves to sanity which i really liked <laughs> I, I thought if we had episode titles we could use commit ourselves to sanity i i we we can have episode titles and we will now part of the reason i can't stand that other translation is because of things like that it's too much for me there was a phrase earlier where it's like instead of fallen soldiers it says war dead (laughs) i was just like fucking war dead like what how do okay okay (laughs) but are they wrong they're not wrong, you know. <laughs> Fallen soldiers, war dead. Space. It's the yeah, same, same thing. thing. Who who needs a localizer in your translation team? You know. <laughs> right. I think they did. I'm not the word war okay and the word dead. <laughs> Overall, it's fine, but it's just like there's a couple of things that just pull me straight out of it, and and I don't want that with this show because it's very good. Um. So. The band begins playing, and of course, at the beginning, we one we've heard this song before, instrumental before. Whenever like we get shots of the Alliance fleet, this is the song that's playing. It's the one that sounds like Dragon Quest music, or that's how I described it before. Um, you know, got to keep continuity between these episodes that no one listens to. Um, but uh, so it starts, but then, but then there's lyrics. And they're sung by not by they are not sung by people who who speak English as their first language, uh, or probably as their second or third language, Uh, but it is in English. Um, So I don't remember the tune, so I don't know that I can really sing to it. But I'm gonna try. Uh, It's like liberty stands for freedom. Flag that said, I'm not gonna sing this anymore. Set us free, standing righteous, symbolic of strength, our hopes for freedom to be. My friends, not so far away, rulers will reunite hand in hand. And this again is my translation. Oh, hail, Liberty Bell, true freedom for all men. Which may be quite different from y'all's. I don't know if any of you wrote that. Well, it was in English, words. right? Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Actually, that's saying it in English. It was. In English. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I forgot already because it was not very well done. <laughs> I'm so sorry to all of you uh, who voiced that. Um, as I'm sure you're listening to our podcast, uh, you did a great job. Um, it just doesn't sound uh, like you speak English as your first language. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice um, and. Truly, liberty stands for freedom. Bust out those freedom prize. Yep. Yes. Every patriotic buzzword just shoved into this little anthem. Yes. It really, I mean, it's all of them. And again, you know, obviously this is fiction, and so they kind of go for it Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, like Trunic's speech that we just did, and these lyrics are very, very on the the nose. Also interesting that Liberty Bell is here. Mm-hmm. Is that like the Liberty Bell? You know. Uh, well, whatever. Um, 
during during the lyrics, there's, there's again lots of great shots. The show's very good at doing shots. Uh, it's like Yang getting into Dusty's car. We get Julian sitting there watching on TV, just like dead eyed staring at it. Uh, Trunic looks all solemn at the stand, kind of like a shithead. Uh, well, he is a shithead, um, but he looks like one too. Uh, the crowd singing as well, and then Jessica, like especially on whenever they're saying freedom, we get Jessica like being carried by her arms out <laughs> and stuff. Very like, oh okay, all right, all right, and then we kind of uh, fade out to a commercial break. <laughs> this has been a heavy first half here. Oh yeah, I'm sorry I tried to sing that for the record. I think that might have been um, it. Honestly, I think you might have broken my computer. Yeah, I think it did. I think it did. Um, anything we want to talk about with these lyrics in particular? <laughs> uh, I I think we should all sing them together. All right, and a one and no. We <laughs> yeah, post it. I... <laughs> it just kind of reminded me of growing up and being in high school during nine eleven, mm. when basically like everybody everything was rah 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 freedom this freedom that they're taking our freedom french fries aren't patriotic enough anymore um and i think like this was the moment when you really really realize that the whole like free planet alliance yada 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 is all just propaganda nonsense and they're basically exactly the same as the other side yeah right there's there's a lot of that here um and again, like that is repeated at the end of the next episode too. It's it's very, uh, very there. We keep losing Alan, but uh, hopefully he will return to us. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, yep. I can hear you. Okay. Good. Okay. Cool. Um, that's good. We don't need to see you. Well, we do <laughs> want to see you, but we don't need to see you. You know what I'm saying? That's, Same. That's all. Podcasting yeah. is an audio medium. That's true. That's true. Okay, never mind. Um, I'm I'm glad that we can see each other. Mm-hmm. Fuck all those other guys though who are <laughs> yeah. listening to this. You just get to hear us. Yes. Um. So Jessica comes out, and we get a slow pan up this uh, Trump Tower here. Uh, the the sunset is reflecting off of it too. It's a very it's a very beautiful looking building, but also is symbolic of excess in certain ways and jessica looks back at it after she gets basically tossed down the stairs and says well what i wrote here is a free country huh my ass (laughs) which is the feel of what she said that's not actually what she said but it was basically that (laughs) she was thinking it really really hard Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh it came through you know yes this is the second episode with jessica in like a gorgeous sunset. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it means anything. <laughs> Probably. Oh. I don't Future. know what though. Um yeah, so also I, I was a little confused. Okay, if there's that many people. Okay, we've got we've got a couple facts here. So let me let me lay out the facts, right? We we talked about the percentages. We've got probably 2.5 million people in this building right now, right? Okay, so 2.5 million people, and we know that cars exist, right? Yeah. We've accepted that cars exist because we see Dusty and Yang in a car, 
And yet, this building is in the middle of a fucking six-mile concrete fucking square, and there's not a single car on it. You would think that a six-mile concrete square would have parking, perhaps, for the 2.5 million people that visit every 10 years minimum. (laughs) However... There's nothing. There's no cars. Where's Jessica walking to? She's walking across the six mile <laughs> expanse of concrete. I don't know fucking why. Like, is, is there public transit? Does she have to walk to the public transit? Maybe there's an underground parking lot. But then why is the top covered with fucking concrete? Okay. All right. Anyway, I'm <laughs> unsure about the concrete. But <laughs> Jessica starts walking across it. And this is spectacular spectacular filmmaking here um she's walking and you know she's kind of like damn starts crying a little bit uh but then there's the sound of footsteps and so she starts running a little faster across this i like okay okay back to the parking lot there's a feel of like a horror movie being chased in a parking lot right yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but the, yeah, the, that, that's the quiet. feel. Yeah, it's there's no music. It's you hear the footsteps. She starts running, and then um, you get a great shot of the the sun, enormous in the sky, very close to setting, and then a row of like ten uh, ten people walking. One of them holding a flag. They get a little closer, and you can make out the flag. It's PKC flag. Once again, we have the Free Planet Sol- PKC being Patriotic Night Corps. Uh, once again, you have the Free Planet's logo here, but uh, it's different colors now, which I assume signifies something. I'm not sure what, uh, but it's like orange and red, mm-hmm. and it might be like flipped the side that they have cut off. Because, it's, again, it's a pentagon, and then two of the five pieces of the pentagon are, like, separated. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, it probably doesn't mean anything, but I saw it and was like, damn. Uh, so, as these guys get closer, you see they're all wearing masks uh, and hoods. Mm-hmm. And the masks are over the hoods, so uh, or part of the hoods, something like that. Uh, the masks look like skull hockey masks. Uh, with mustaches <laughs> again um, it is it is something that initially you look at and you see that mustache and you're like wow that's a mustache uh, or at least that's what I did and then uh, as they get closer you start to get a little scared and worried because they're fascist fucks they're all carrying knives they're all carrying uh, police batons yeah. And they start citing some fascist shit as soon as they get up here. They're making a lot of jingling. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yes. sure what was jingling, but there was a lot of it. They're kind of wearing bandoliers, and they also have like a crotch bandolier too, or at least a crotch section. <laughs> like they have a cod piece with like buttons on the side. It's like a goth cod piece or something. <laughs> I'm. I was. I was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it. It's ridiculous. It's like army fatigues, basically, that they're wearing these bandoliers on. Um, and it's also terrifying and intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we uh, have the most terrifying thing, at least for me, is when they start humming the national anthem. Yeah. And yes. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> uh, yes. 
Well, well. So, so first, the there's there's two colors of masks mm-hmm. here. One is a red red hood, and the uh, and then the hockey mask on top. And then there's one and that's almost everyone. And then one guy has a pink hood with the uh, red hockey mask on top. Again, potentially getting to KKK levels here, where as you climb the ranks, different colors of stuff. Something like that. Not sure if they were actually going for that, but this guy in the pink is obviously the leader, and he he accuses Jessica of a selfish act of treason against the nation, is what this translation said. Kind of was like, damn, alright, I see what's happening here. Oh shit, this is fucked. And then, um, kind of, wait, I wrote something here about when the music started. I think the music started when they started getting close to her. Um, and then uh, it's like building until he stops talking. Then you get like a, a hard click as they kind of like get into a fighting stance. And then they start humming. And they're humming the national anthem, I think. Yes, yeah, I was, I'm pretty sure. I, yeah. Um, and it's pretty fucking terrifying. Uh, again, a good use of not using music here, a good use of just, like, the sounds of what these guys are doing is really fucking scary. Uh, they start approaching her, getting closer, uh, still humming. The humming is getting louder. Jessica's holding her hands over her ears. Uh, very scary. And then we get the cavalry coming through. Uh, this car drives in, tries to drive, run over some of the PKC, which fair, fuck them. Uh, they deserve to be run over. Um, pull up. Uh, Yang opens the door and yells for Jessica to get in. And then they drive away. Um, and then before we get a scene cut here, the PKC uses their phone calculator to look up the tag uh, on the car, and they find out that it is Dusty Adborough. And also, they, I, I guess, they realized Yang. I wasn't a hundred percent if they just hated Yang before. Or if they realized that was Yang telling her to get in. But either way, they associate Dusty with Yang and um, kind of form a plan, essentially. You don't see the plan, but, you know, they're like, okay, we got to deal with Yang. That fuck. Yeah. And I got, I got like, strong, like, some of those who work forces <laughs> vibes when, yeah. he yeah. when he was running the plates. I was yeah. like, huh, why do you have yeah. access to that? Let's be real, if there's one thing we've noticed recently, it's, you know, cops are bashes pigs as an institution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I, I don't think, well, the, I don't think this show is saying that now. This feels more like. That's a 2020 like, read into it. <laughs> Yeah, that's, it, there's definitely a 2020 read there, but like I don't think these these I think it is more the uh, some of those who work forces vibe, right? Because it's it's like, hey, these people are everywhere. You can't tell who they are when they're wearing their masks, et cetera, so on, right? But they all work for Trunk Trunic. They're all his shadow <laughs> army. Uh, I I don't know what keeps at. I, there must be something <laughs> subliminal here that I keep trying to do on accident. <laughs> Um, we all heard that. Uh, um, it's very close, okay? It's very <laughs> close. It's very close. Uh, um, so we see Jessica in the car, and she's like, 
Yang, you probably think I'm a terrible person for standing up to Trunic like that, which is like, uh, I don't know why she would say that, really. That, yeah, that is actually not the translation I got. Same. The translation I got was, you must think I'm such a bitch. And then I was like, <laughs> what the fuck, Jessica? And what I think what she actually said was, ya no ona, or something like that, like bad woman or something. Mm. But I just remember being like, Jessica, you're the best. You're you're not a bitch. Right. You're literally the best character in the show. Please please think more kindly of yourself. <laughs> right? Oh, we yeah. live in a they live in a society where <laughs> No, you can stop there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a there's a Seinfeld quote from one episode where uh, George Costanza says, We're living in a society and I quote that all the time. Uh, somebody, he asks someone for the time because they have a watch on and they tell him there's a clock over there. And he's like, we're living in a society. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's what just came to mind. Um, yeah, so Yang's like, what's wrong with you? Of course, you needed to say that shit or somebody needed to say that shit because that guy fucking sucks. All right. Trinic fucking sucks. Uh, and I think we've all embraced that because it's true. Um, they they pull up to old boy Dusty's hotel and they see that they have a uh, a PKC welcome party out there. And they say, well, shit. And Yang's like, let's go back to my double wide. They'll never find us there. It's where all the officers live in trailers. Um, and and <laughs> so they go there. Go ahead, Alan. So, I thought it was actually really interesting that they have specifically an officer's district. I mean, I know it's a little common for military bases to have, you know, like, uh, off-base housing. housing. Yeah, off-base housing. But the fact that it's just officers, I thought, was actually pretty interesting. I don't know if that's actually how it usually is. And also, the double-wides are still insane to me. (laughs) I kind of viewed it as... Everyone has off-base housing, but the officer's section is here, and so they won't fuck with us in the officer's section. It's not even the officers, it's the high-ranking officers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, if you think about the size of this army, right? Like, not everybody can get a double-wide here. You know, Dusty was up in the hotel, uh, right? Like, he was able to rent a car still, just for free, presumably, from the state. But he's definitely staying in a hotel, not in a double-wide. Also, if they're all in space submarines all the time, um, I guess, like, hey, when you're on planet, you can have somewhere to live that's not a submarine, a space submarine. Because um, that's what they are. They're space submarines. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're pretty spacious yeah. ships. Like. That's true. They're really big. They're like if, if an aircraft <laughs> carrier was a submarine, right. that's, what, that's, that's the level. I game. mean... Is that, is, or is that how you look at every spaceship? It's just a space submarine? It's a space submarine? <laughs> yes. <Okay>. <laughs> That's what they are. Yeah. yeah. You you can't let the outside environment get inside. Well, I mean, that's the right. same for the like, that's the same for an aircraft carrier. You don't really don't want the inside, outside getting through the inside there too. It's a flying submarine. Except the air part is only half submerged. What about uh? What about <laughs> a, the uh? Trying to remember what the next wave thing was. The aero sub. What? 
I don't know. I I have not read next week. What? So I okay. Let's not do this. We're we're already watching the thing that you are obsessed it's all right. with. It's okay. all right. We can't have another thing. Right. You okay. only get one. I'll wait. I'll, I'll send it. I'll mail everyone a trade to hit back. I'll wait. <laughs> I have it. I just haven't read it. Come oh yeah, on. I know, you know the rules. I know. Yeah, you. You can see the fucking stacks of books in this room. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's on that shelf right there. I too am in a room filled with unread books. Yeah. <laughs> I am just in a room with unread booze. That's like a room away, okay? Uh, I'll get there probably after this. I'll need it to soothe my throat. <laughs> um. But yeah, so they get back to Yang's double wide, um, and uh, as soon as they walk in the door, which this was confusing to me, I guess they walk in the front door, and then the the PKC are out the back door, because as soon as they walk in, Julian's like, there's people outside, like literally as soon as they walk in, I don't know how they didn't see them (laughs) when they were like driving up, because they have a big ass truck that says PKC on the side, like they are announcing the shit, they are announcing who they are to everyone, (laughs) and uh, during this, uh, the the PKC pull out their megaphones, and uh, let me see, I wrote down this, um, they they start yelling about how they are the ones who truly love this nation, and Yang has acted to disturb the united will of the nation. Very fascist shit. They're fascists. In case we hadn't said it enough, they're fascists. They're fascist fucks. Um, Dusty's like, damn, where the fuck are the neighbors? They, they can hear this shit too. And Yang's like, dude, the only freedom that's valued in this country, and this is Yang being fucking pseudo-philosophical asshole, the only freedom that's valued in this country is the freedom to avoid danger. <laughs> Which I was like, damn. All right, Yang. Okay. My translation was, the freedom to not get involved is perhaps the most valued yeah. freedom we have in yeah. this country. Yeah. Which I really like. That, mm-hmm. I yeah, that's, couldn't that's have said better. it better, man. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> The, I wrote the actual quote, apparently. The freedom to stay out of a dangerous situation is probably the freedom that this nation cherishes cherishes most. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yours is better. I agree with that. Um, and then, like, immediately after that, a grenade flies in the window, which is like, <laughs> okay, fucking escalation. <laughs> and Yang calls it a building demolition grenade. <laughs> which I was like, okay, interesting. Uh, you kind of see the shrapnel like tear up the piece of art in his room, which I, I wasn't sure what the art was supposed to be. It's like it's like that that art with the music waves. Um, anyway, whatever. Uh, just a bunch of lines on white, but they specifically focus on it getting shrapnel in it and breaking it. <laughs> I'm like, poor Yang's double wide. Um... And Yang's like, okay, this is war. And he grabs his handy-dandy house terminal and turns on the uh, fire fire grade or fire fire department grade fire hose <laughs> and just starts spraying these fucks down. Meanwhile, the cat's like, trying to run away. Yeah. yeah. I was like, so help me God, if they kill this cat, I'm out. Yeah, right? I'm out. 
<laughs> I'm glad they did not kill the cat, yes. Now, I'm amazed at the precision of this fire extinguisher spray, because, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. the one guy has the grenade in his hands, and he's like, nope, psh, sprays him. Grenade just precision drops. if it's designed to put out fires, and it's shooting... <laughs> The street. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I guess if it's... they're holding their grenade, maybe that's like a super hot point, and they can sense it. So they're just <laughs> making themselves targets, or just... he's controlling it with a joystick or something. I, I, I assume he was controlling it. Control. Yeah, but they do not show him controlling it. Uh, but yeah, I also assumed he was controlling it. But I like better the idea that it's heat seeking, <laughs> 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 which like is kind of scary too. If it views like human body heat as <laughs> as shootable <laughs> with the fire or fire hose, and it doubles but, as yeah. a fire alarm because as soon as he activates it, the fire yeah. department's like, "Oh man, there's a fire down there. We need to get there." Pronto. And this fucking fire department is rich as hell, man. Like, they have this enormous screen, like, three-story <laughs> tall screen that shows property lines. Yeah. And, and it's, like, zoomed in at Yang's house, and it's blinking red on Yang's house. It's like, okay, well, uh, I, I guess I maybe there's a lot of fires in this world. I guess so, if they installed, like, fire hoses at every house. <laughs> um... What was the quote that they said? They were like, oh, well, a fire could burn everybody. So they Oh, yeah. Uh, that's like, okay, so the fire trucks come, the PKC runs away. They're like, oh, no, we've attracted too much attention. And then all the neighbors come outside. And uh, I, I wrote something. Shit, where was it? He, he says, I didn't write the exact quote, but he says something about how the alliance is on fire and that the neighbors coming out is because uh, they're more worried about the fire that's next to them instead of the uh, the fact that their country's on fire. And until they see that, there will be no action. And it's just like, okay, Yang, all right. I didn't get that one. Exactly. It wasn't exactly that. I jumped around a little bit. Uh, but I think it he was starts... Oh, go ahead. Just that they they don't normally show up to fires this quickly. <laughs> I think was the implication, right? That, I, oh, really? I think I didn't that get that. Them being sort of this disturbance was well, the thing that needed to be put out. I think the I think he meant like, oh yeah, the fire department's gonna show up because the fire department they're not they're not working forces; they're firefighting. See, I thought he was talking about the neighbors because the neighbors came out when the fire department showed up, and and uh, Dusty asked about the neighbors at the beginning, um, and Yang's like, "Well, they show up because there's a fire and they don't want to get burned," mm -hmm. and then he goes into some pseudo philosophizing about the the alliance is on fire and there will be no action, blah blah blah, whatever the fuck. He didn't say there will be no action. I don't know why I keep saying that, but I do. The first yep. time I ever rolled my eyes at our friend Yang. Like, you're going to roll right out of my head. <laughs> Who are you even, like, talking to right now? <laughs> right. And imagine poor Julian, right? He's grown up with this shit. Just fucking Yang talking out of his ass all the time. Here he goes again. Just, yep, not in degree. He's probably uh, half Let me go get his brandy. If I give him enough brandy, he'll pass the fuck out on the couch. And then I don't got to deal with him. 
yeah, anyway, so the PKC thread is gone now. Uh, we did get a bunch of great shots of them just getting <laughs> fucked up by this fire hose. I skipped over it a little, but it was spectacular. It's like eight times there's just dudes getting knocked <laughs> the fuck down. <laughs> um, it's like Home um, Alone if he was like trying to stop the KKK from breaking into his house. Right. <laughs> right. So Yang says that he uh, he needs a ride, and they drive over to Trunik's house, which is just a place you can drive to, uh, which was interesting. Um, so, uh, you know, we're in Trunik's room, which is, this room is fucking insane. He's got, like, his desk, and then behind the desk, there's a portrait of him, and then next to the portrait, there's, like, a really tall, like, wall height another portrait of him in different clothing <laughs> facing the other direction and it's just like wait what the fuck are you yeah. like what <laughs> but Trunic's it was there. like the opening of him was a little subtle him looking in the mirror adjusting his yeah. tie and now it's like yeah. this is where I live yeah portraits That's- everywhere that's right. In my sitting room, I have two portraits of myself so that you can see me three times, baby. And I didn't even notice can't those look away. lights on the ceiling pointing at the paintings. Like, this is a gallery. <laughs> yeah. This is just... <laughs> he just loves to stare at himself here. Oh, jeez, I missed the third one, too, yeah. where he's just standing there. <laughs> like, what? Oh, man. Oh, God. It's so ridiculous. Like, door height. This is door height. This is the size of a door. Two paintings of him framing the middle painting, which is like the, uh, like, fancy frame, you know, like, usually gold print frame here. And he's in it like a bathrobe on top of a suit. Like, he's still wearing slacks. He's obviously still wearing slacks, but he's got a purple bathrobe wrapped around himself. (laughs) This dude is fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Um, And Yang is dressed in his full military garb. He got dressed up for this combo. Uh, And of course we get more Yang on his bullshit. Uh, Trinic starts the conversation with like, oh, I thought you were wounded. And Yang's like, uh, the, the on his bullshit comment is one can't help but recover when individual liberty is at stake in my translation which I'm just like alright fucking Yang over here <laughs> once again eye rolls out of my head um, and he, he Yang is here to request this to request Jessica's safety from the PKC, and Trinic's like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. They're they're a rogue group. And Yang's like, are they? <laughs> Fucking are they? Just, like, stone cold. <laughs> and you see Trinic's face kind of, like, he jerk, jerks in surprise and then kind of narrows his eyes, and is back to Yang's face has not moved at all. <laughs> and Trinic's like, okay, I'll see what I can do, I guess. Um, Yang's essentially like, I'll owe you a favor. He's like, all right, I yeah. can work with He's, that. Yeah, Makes yeah. So did devil. he say that in y'all's translation? Because there wasn't anything specific about owing him a favor. He, in no. uh, not specifically, but the, I okay. the implication was just like, I'll yes. be, I'll be your pet military monkey if you do this for me. Yeah, very much so. And and he says the press is outside, which we don't see. Uh, I assume this would be like a handshake event, but then 
Trinic never leaves, so I was kind of like, what was the press doing? Is like, is that an idle threat? I'm not really sure what's going on with the press, but uh, as Yang's leaving, Trinic says he has great expectations, which Yang, you can basically see his his life slink out of his body as he walks out of the door after that comment. Because, yes, very, there's very much so he is accepting his role as uh, Trinix's uh, hero to parade around, right? It's kind of what we get. As soon as Yang closes the door, the the leader of the PKC dude just walks in. He was just behind the door. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> Didn't mean to cause you trouble, Trinix. And Trinix's like, this is the best case scenario. That woman was useless anyway. Who gives a shit? Now we have Yang. We have Yang. <laughs> and on the drive home, we get Yang accepting, again, his fate of never being able to quit. Uh, which I I feel like Yang wouldn't have quit anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Yang talks a lot of shit. But he's, he's... The reason he's such a sad boy is because he cares so much. And I think he knows that his place is, like keeping uh other people alive as much as possible but yeah i i think he regrets uh that his actions as a spokesperson could encourage the war to continue longer and encourage more people to join it whereas he was trying to sit out and maybe try to end the war so it's interesting that like it's basically a big sacrifice on his part for like his long-term motives it's interesting he sacrificed it for the life of an anti-war protester. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think there is something to, like... This goes back to the whole themes of the show, right? Like, the people that are the heroes of this show, not the titular heroes, but also the titular heroes, um, the people that are the heroes of this show are the ones who care about the individual, are the ones who care about, like lives of people not um you know and again it is taken to a little bit of extremes here but like the leaders here don't give a fuck about any individual they don't give a fuck about millions of individuals as proven here right like this whole episode is trinic not giving a fuck about 1.5 million people that died or their 2.5 million family members um approximately um yeah so so we kind of get a couple of uh, of like aftermath scenes here. We and and it's interesting looking at the title of this episode because it comes up here in like a thirty second scene as he uh, as he sits down in um, Siddeley's Siddeley's office. I could have said that wrong. Sydney's office. Sydney and Alex are there. And Yang sits down and and uh, they're like, hey, you're Rear Admiral now. And he's like, oh, fuck, I get promoted. Shit. And then they're like, yeah, and also you're leading the 13th Fleet, which the title of this episode is The Birth of the 13th Fleet. Um, and he's like, is, aren't you usually like higher rank than that? And they're like, no, it's the shittiest fleet. Yeah. Shittiest fleet, dog. You got to go. Uh, you got to go take take the big fortress that we've seen what is it? It's her Five million people die at <laughs> oh, so far yeah. in this in this series in the span of less than a year. This memorial was only for one point five million of them, but I'm pretty sure the movie battle a lot more people died. 
<laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's like half a fleet too. They're like, yeah, this is all the surviving people from your last battle. It's about yeah. seven hundred thousand. Good luck. Although, yeah, it's I do. It's think, surviving people and new recruits only, right? Yeah, I do think. Siddeley is not really malicious about it. Like, he really wants Yang to succeed. He's just stuck in that middle management position where he's like, yeah, these are the orders I was given for you. I hope you do well. Siddeley's but, great, yeah. man. Yeah, Siddeley is is doing his best. Mm-hmm. He, he will return also. Siddeley uh, is a badass. I like him a lot. Was he, uh, uh, did he imply that he knew him from, like, training or something? Yeah. Yeah, he, he implied that he was, like, maybe he was, like, a professor at the academy or something at the time. Uh, yeah, earlier on he said something like, uh, I know Yang's tricks from the academy, basically, when Yang was pretending to be hurt. <laughs> oh, my God, we're only at the end of the first episode. <laughs> um, um and and Sidley is like if you can't do it nobody can take that fortress man so uh good luck good luck out there bro uh but but if you do it no one will be able to deny your genius so you know again good luck out there bro um and then we kind of cut to uh this uh what i guess are passenger spaceships i was unsure if this was supposed to be a spaceship or if it was supposed to just be an Airbus times three plane, but it was, it's a, a very quad. large plane. It's like mm-hmm. a quadruple decker plane. Imagine an Airbus, but like, yeah, yep. it's so, it's such a big boy. <laughs> it is a chunky plane here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is Yang kind of seeing Jessica off who's flying somewhere unknown places. Um, and she's like, you know, thanks for your help, Yang. I'll, n- I'll never forget it. And they kind of have this like, will they, won't they kiss? But they're like five feet apart. And then Jessica turns, a- turns around and just walks away. <laughs> it's very like, <laughs> we get, we get the, uh, the, the middle of the romantic comedy when the, the, the girl is flying off to go be with the other mm-hmm. guy and the first guy's staring off after whatever. That's the scene here. Um, and you know, Yang's doing his sad boy looks after Jessica. Uh, and then this old lady interrupts him and he's like, Hey, are you, are you that hero? Are you that hero? My name's mayor. Uh, and my son and husband died. So, I want my grandson to be a soldier, so please shake his hand. And the grandson's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. No. And and Yang's like, don't worry, ma'am. By the time your grandson grows up, we'll be in peace, so he won't need to be a soldier. Again, Yang on his bullshit. There's lots of sad boy Yang shots during this whole scene. Um, Matt posted a, 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 a sad boy Yang uh, montage <laughs> up here. This <laughs> is just uh, he's he's so sad. He literally the first thing chin I wrote on his chin on his fist, staring off into space mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. So then the narrator, uh, the narrator leads us out very ominously with the battle for Isserloin draws near. Dot 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 dot. And that's the end of the first episode that we watched. 
today as we're an hour and 30 minutes in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank God the next episode is much less dense. Uh, the, the next episode, a lot less happens. There's a lot less like direct political commentary that we need to get into. Uh, although there's still some, but it's nowhere near the level of a guy that whose name starts with a T and is a shitty president that doesn't care about the lives of the citizens. Um, we don't have that in the next episode, luckily. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, any any thoughts on this episode that we want to... That we haven't already dove into? Uh, <laughs> or that we want to re-dive into? I quick question. Last week it was your favorite or it was the episode that sold you on the show it was the episode that sold me on the show yes this is the episode where i was i mean and i think that it it kind of shows in our commentary from the first three things we watched here i remember molly specifically saying like oh we're gonna see a lot of space battles here Mm -hmm. and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and this episode is like nope it turns out the free planets alliance is full of nazis and they have a shitty leader and uh I hope you're ready for some fucking politics because we're there, baby. <laughs> yeah, there was a and, very drastic tonal change. I felt from the yeah. first. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think we saw it a bit of it at the end of the second one mm-hmm. with that Jessica scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is what what made that scene so strong, right? Because it was we went from these dramatic large scale space battles to like, hey, individuals, holy shit, this shit sucks. While there's a lot of fucking tombstones. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Did, did it sell y'all on the series like it sold me on the series? I think the previous episode sold me on the series. Fair. The graves. Fair, yeah. The graveyard scene. That was my yeah. moment. I think um, in combination with the previous episode, it sold me because now I know it's not all space battles and it can do other things as well. I feel like it would have been tedious if it was all just like the movie, basically. Yeah. And, and yeah, I agree. I think like it it dovetailed nicely with the end of uh, the episode of the graveyard. So I really liked it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, end of the last episode and this episode where you really get to see the alliance of free planets and you're like, oh, it's starship troopers, how they just glorify the military. <laughs> yeah. Join the yeah, army. I was thinking the same. I should really watch that movie. Sorry, I mean, point. literally, I mean, the memorial... Movie. The memorial speech is join the army. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's nothing about it being a tragedy that all these people died. It's like, it's like literally straight into, and we love our nation, and uh, freedom requires the sacrifice of the individual, and I hope you all take your <laughs> dead loved ones <laughs> in mind as you also join the military <laughs> and die for this country. Freedom isn't free. Work, yeah, work right. is freedom. And then, I yeah, don't know. Maybe it, not that far yet. You see it at the individual level, too, with the grandmother at the end. She's like, oh, my family died, but my grandson's going to be a soldier and fight for our nation. Actually, I have a question. Yeah. What kind of translation are you getting on... Do you have the translation for that line handy by any chance? Nick? Which line? For the, for the one with the grandma at the end. I can pull it up. Because I thought that... The they achieve the I I actually wrote the line down because I was like this is disgusting. Uh, 
my son and grandson achieved, sorry, my husband and son achieved a glorious death in battle. Uh, it was something like that. I think it was noble death or something. Like, in my... I, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out if it's a weird translation gimmick thing where they just needed a better localizer or if... I mean, that's 100% why I'm not watching the fan sub is because of that. I would love to watch the fan sub because it has the title cards. <laughs> it's like, I would give anything for these fucking title cards, all right? But I would not give a badly localized well, no, thing, the, apparently. Well, here's the thing. The reason why I'm saying why I'm saying I don't know if it's, like... Because I think it's actually the fact that the fact that they use the word cheap is actually genius, to be honest with you. That's why I'm a little confused if they did it on purpose or by accident. <laughs> uh, fair, fair. Because I mean, I it's such a it's such a good look at how propaganda and you know propaganda jingoism all that all the America shit, uh, you know, yes. really leads to something that's just when you're achieving a glorious death in battle. Mind you, most of these people are just drowning in space. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, also. I mean, think back to the propaganda in World War II in, in Japan. Uh, they literally said bonsai over and over and over again in the crowd. And, like, I don't know. They would use that kind of phrasing a lot of times with, um, I don't know, basically martyring uh, the people who died in battle. I think it's like yeah. that for, I mean, definitely 100% America, no questions. But also, I mean, Germany, Japan, really anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, and this was still during the time when Japan was pretty anti-war at least with their anime creators um, so there's no way that wasn't an influence at all right you're saying you're saying the show yeah yeah and, like yeah. I mean 100% like the a lot of the anime creators at the time period were still like that post-war um, peace wave kind of thing like the anti-war movement so. Right. This came out right around Zeta, right? Died honorably. Oh, this was that this is was eighties. Oh yeah, that's true. It is eighties. Well, no, because I mean, this is also based on a based on light novels that were written in the early eighties. So like, I'm including Fair. that. So like, Tomino was still a major player, and I mean, let's be real. Yeah, and Zeta would have been right after the OG yeah, too, or like fairly soon after. So the line is, my husband and son died honorably in battle with Imperial forces, uh, was my translation. What was yours? My uh, husband and son achieved a glorious death. Ah, achieved a glorious death. That's good. I like, like that. Yeah, yeah that is good. Achieved unlocked. Like, right, right. like I said, I don't know that that was a... Uh, intentional. But yeah, like I don't know if it was intentional, but man... Well, well, my guess is that, like, if you don't have someone doing basically an English editing pass on a straight translation, you'll end up with, like, certain phrases and stuff like that where it's, you know, sometimes they're great, <laughs> right? But, uh, you know. Sometimes yeah. they're the war dead. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're the war dead. <laughs> God. Okay, uh... Well, I'm going to try to blitz through this because I know it's late, y'all. Sorry. Um, so this <laughs> achieved a glorious death. This old grandma just saying, uh, yeah, are you Yang Wenli? 
My husband and son achieved a glorious death. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, I, I wrote a quote down we didn't talk about. I don't think we did. Maybe I missed it. Uh, but it was when Alex was calling Yang to try to get him to like accept this hero role. And Yang's like, why should I do that? And he's like, it's to prevent the people from asking questions, isn't it? Yes. And I was wondering yes. if that maybe is kind of the root of his comments about hating soldiers. Is this sort of like, we're going to protect this system. Um, you know, even though right. we know that it's fucked and that's wrong to, you know, manipulate the masses, but we're complicit in it. Yeah. And, and I didn't write down the specific quote there. What Yang said right before that in mine was, I'm the commander of a defeated army. Do you know how many people died? And he responds to that with like, yeah, that's why the public needs a hero. So they don't dwell on the fact that (laughs) 1.5 million fucking people died. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, something amusing about that too, as I scroll back to these paragraphs that I wrote here for no fucking reason, because I'm an idiot. He says he doesn't want to listen to Trinic's speech too long, or else he'll get sick too. <laughs> Which I was like, "Fuck yeah, go, go, Alex over here." <laughs> um. Okay, so. Yeah.